Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. And I'm one of the hosts here, Charlie Chuck Thompson. With me in the studio again, Nate forgot to hit the record button. We you know he were kind of shifting duties back to Nate as a producer because he's a he's a wonderful producer and wonderful host of the show. He's a co-host as well. You know, we all do we do everything together, but Nate mainly controlled everything and while this whole virus was going like on, any worker does yeah yeah i'm the artist <laughs> you know i just show up for the show yeah and uh you know and anyway this whole virus thing happened i don't know if you guys have heard but going around there's some pandemic or something it's called socialism it's like coronavirus it's sweeping the nation coronavirus <laughs> coronavirus that's how you gotta say it yeah yeah and if you say it three times you might have it but anyway i was i took over houston you know, the control, the control, the control Houston. And then now that Nate's here yeah, for intermittently, we don't know exactly how this is all going to go, but when Nate's able to be in the studio, he's going to be here. He is starting to take back control and he forgot to hit the record button. So we had to do that twice for all of you people on Patreon, which by the way, if you want to see this live, if you want to see some of those behind the scenes that you're not getting by just listening to the regular old podcast, you can get that on Patreon for as little as five bucks a month, dude. That's it. That's not a bad that's deal. Even in a recession, that's <laughs> nothing. It's and nothing. Plus, if inflation goes up, you might as well spend the $5 now because it's going to be more expensive tomorrow. Yeah. So, I mean, we're not raising the We're not keeping no. prices consistent with inflation really whatsoever, which maybe we should. That should go up by a few cents every single day. Probably. I guess. But think about all that coffee money you're saving not going to Starbucks every single day or maybe not going out to eat, whatever it is, you need to spend that money right here. That's the best thing. If you, if we were going to give you investment advice, it would be <laughs> to go to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty and invest in a little bit of life liberty in the pursuit of meaning, which is what we talk about on this podcast every single day of the week when we want to, which gonna, luckily has been two days in a row so far that we've wanted to. I'm going to let Nate own that investment advice for all y'all out no, that's there. Good. I'm not going to sign my name to that one. Dude, once the SEC is already on your back, you might as well just give all the <laughs> advice you can, you know? Yeah, I'm just going to say we as a company don't endorse that. That's Nate has his own opinions. You know when you see those Twitter opinions? Opinion. Twitter handles, opinions are my own. Yeah. Yeah, no, listen, this is a full-throated endorsement of this podcast <laughs> from me, Nathaniel Paul Thurston. Look me up. Send me an email, charlie at goodmorningliberty.us. That's right. If you have any problems whatsoever. We got a lot to talk about today. We do, but before, we get, before we get there. But first, <laughs> Nate, I want to hear about those subscribers. Are um, we 92, 93%? Oh, yeah, if you subscribe to the podcast, you are part of the 92% of people who listen to this podcast and then subscribe after they listen to it. We got those numbers, okay? The amount of devices that listen to this podcast is on an uptrend for sure. And by the way, 92% of them subscribe to the podcast. Don't be part of the evil, evil 8%. You evil 8%ers out there, hit subscribe so you can finally be wealthy like everybody else this analogy does not work out all that great <laughs> but you want to become part of the 92 percent yeah. of people who are getting the right information with the right influx of sarcasm every single day on the good morning liberty podcast you know, if you listen to the show then you'll be enough yeah so you might as well subscribe if you're feeling like you're not enough you just gotta listen 
to I'll endorse that. That's the meaning part. Like That's if the, you yeah. you wake up every it's, day and you're like, what's going to bring meaning to my life? Oh my God, thank you. The Good Morning Liberty podcast is still here. Yeah. That's that's what it is. And now Usually I'm Usually released in the afternoon now, but it's still, yeah. you can listen to the next day. I mean, Good Morning Liberty. Yeah. You it's listen. Good the, afternoon, whatever. We're not going to force you to listen in the morning. It's a suggestion. Yeah. Okay. But you listen whenever you want. You can listen in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. When I wake up, I say, good morning, tyranny. But I want to say <laughs> good morning, Liberty. And so that's why we started the podcast is because that's what I want to say. You know, speaking of those Twitter handles that say opinions are my own, because, of course, you don't want to be associated with whatever company wants to fire you just for posting what you believe. But anyway, speaking of that, you got something to tell me about Twitter, I think. Well, I want you to tell it because you you are um, the biggest when it comes to privacy and data and your rights when it comes to the Fourth Amendment. I don't care because I don't have anything to hide. Oh, so, <laughs> kidding, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I also really care about speaking, and I'm, gonna, I'm a yeah. great speaker publicly on podcasts. You guys hear it all the time. I mean, I'm, I'm that good. So, And <laughs> I believe that I have something to say, and so I believe in freedom of speech as well. Yeah. You know, whether whether or not you got something to hide or something to say, it doesn't matter. The right still stands. You should only care about the rights that are uh, important to you and everyone yeah. else should not have those rights. You right? wanna, you wanna, yeah. Do you know why I get most angry about this particular issue? Among mm, many. Because of all the websites you visit, you don't only want to know about? No. Okay. <laughs> no. Okay. Just checking. No, no. I'll, you know, look, I'll put those on blast later. Um, no, <laughs> I come from, I come to libertarianism. Uh, small L, by the way, I'm not a part of the party, but I do mostly identify with the Libertarian Party, although I believe you can't box me in. I'm an individual. I'm a sovereign individual. Um, That's how libertarian he is. He's so libertarian, he can't be a libertarian. But <laughs> but I came over this direction in believing in liberty above all else uh, from the conservative angle. And what I liked about uh, the true conservatives what that was that they were constitutionalists. They believed in rights. They believed in protecting your freedoms, no matter what they believed in all of that. Nate, the markets are closed. You I know close out of think or swim. Think or swim is still telling me that they're yeah. here for me, whether the markets are open or closed, <laughs> but, so. but I get most upset because it, it, in times like this, whenever uh, the Republicans want or the, the so-called conservatives want to violate another right, you know, the Second Amendment, we have to have that one. Yeah, but it's not. F- it's timeless. They weren't just talking about muskets. They were talking about your right to defend yourself as a human being. Of course, it wasn't just with the technology that they had when they wrote the Second Amendment. Of course, you crazy, crazy, tyrannical dictator. Fourth Amendment, uh, we didn't have cell phones back then, man. Yeah. Come on. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't yeah. have email. We didn't have all these trafficking websites. We didn't have social media back then. That's right. not what they were talking about. The, the, we didn't have houses with multiple rooms. Like if I got a <laughs> search warrant to search your cabin, I got the whole cabin. The whole thing. Yeah. Because they we've had got, one room. Right. So that yeah. means we get the whole one room of your house. <laughs> yeah. Even though the Fourth Amendment explicitly states that you have to name the person and places to be searched and the things to be seized. But they don't do that. You think when a cop pulls you over and you know, they'll take your cash if you have over a certain amount, because they'll just assume it's drug money. Mm-hmm. It's like there's no search warrant for that to say, I suspect you have a large sum of money. 
And then you've got to prove that it that you weren't doing something illegal. Yeah, somehow to, it flips to, on you to possibly get the money back, which they've already spent on an office party, more than likely. And conservatives yeah. love this; they love this somehow. But anyway, back to this Twitter story. Jack Dorsey, the founder of Twitter and Twitter as a whole, sued the federal government. So this is coming from Politico. Judge tosses Twitter suit over surveillance secrecy. A federal judge has dismissed Twitter's long-running lawsuit aimed at receiving a green light to provide users with a more detailed picture of U.S. government surveillance requests. This is why I don't use Twitter. (laughs) On on Friday evening, U.S. District Court Judge Yvonne Rogers, or would that just be Vaughn Rogers, Uh, perhaps? You know, she probably goes by Vaughn when she's at home. Yvonne? Yeah, but that's probably what it is. Yeah. Turned down the social media company's bid to reserve the FBI's classification of statistical reports Twitter wanted to release about demands it receives from U.S. authorities through national security letters and Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act warrants. That's the old FISA for you. However, the Oakland, California-based Rogers salted her 11-page ruling with expressions of doubt about the government's ability to prevent Twitter from actually disclosing the information if the company were to choose to do so. Oh man! So she said they can't do it. Like yeah. they're they're suing because they want to release information every time there's a FISA warrant, there's a FISA request for your data. They want to tell people. They want to tell their users, "Hey, the the U.S. government just pulled your data, by the way." And they want to tell people. And the, and she's saying, "No, you can't do that." But also admitting, uh, we, I mean, we can't really we we can't stop them from doing that. I'm just going to say that they can't legally do it. Right. That, that's it. In a footnote to her decisions to decision, Rogers said she didn't believe that provisions in FISA prohibited disclosure of individual warrants mean that recipients of those orders can't disclose a tally of how many they receive. Now, it's not like they're not they're not going to tell you what's in the warrant. Obviously, it's a secret warrant. But if Twitter's able like it's not like Twitter has a um, a security clearance. Yeah. Like if they you know, if you're, you're telling me if a cop asks me. A question. I can't go tell somebody like, hey, Nate, the cops asked me a question about you. Yeah. Question is, like, is this true? And and you can't tell the public either. Like, that's what that's what they're saying. Like, they can't release this. Of, of course, as we'll see for national security yeah. purposes. But it's just, I mean, if the cops ask, if you say you own a bunch of rental properties and the cops execute a search warrant on one of your rental properties and you as the person who owns all the properties wanted to put, you know, in that back page of the newspaper that no one reads, a search warrant was executed that this and this such and such residence right here on this person. Well, you can't do that because, of course, that would damage the case in, in some kind of way, I guess. That would damage everyone's safety. You can't disclose the fact that they executed the warrant on you. Of course, um, you should be able to do that. You should be able to let people know when their data is being pulled for secret court warrants. And you know what the most disgusting thing about this is, is you know, this back on this paragraph here, Rogers said she didn't believe that provisions in FISA prohibiting disclosure of individual warrant warrants. That's an agreement that so they signed. provisions in FISA, by the way, mean that recipients of those orders can can't disclose a tally of how many they receive. So she's saying she doesn't think that it prohibits it. But the other problem is, is she's basing it off of provisions in FISA, not the damn Constitution. I know. Like what you did you swear an oath to FISA? Or did you swear an oath to this FISA prohibiting disclosure of individual warrants agreement? That's your oath of office? 
<laughs> Judge Rogers, Justice Rogers, whatever. She swears to protect and defend the FISA courts among all em- enemies, domestic and domestic. And okay, s- that's what it is. And social. <laughs> Distancing and mingling. Quote, the court, this is what she's saying here in her decision, quote, the court has never found the government's logic persuasive on this point. The requirement not to disclose a particular order is completely distinct from disclosing the aggregate number of orders. Rogers wrote, then how did she toss it out? I don't know. The judge and appointee. She wrote a dissent on her own opinion. (laughs) That's the funny part. Yeah. Let me, I'm going to, I'm going to write the decree of rule and I'll dissent myself. Don't worry. The judge and appointee of president Barack Obama. Mm, love that guy. Also questioned whether he actually wasn't that bad. He also questioned whether the executive order governing the classification system has sufficient procedural safeguards to satisfy the first amendment. What? what about the, what? what about the other amendments? <laughs> what just the first? Just the first one. Okay. We're only worried about the first amendment. That's it. And why do we even need to know about the procedural safeguards? All you should just ask does the executive order governing the classification system does that comply with the constitution? Is it is it complicit? That's what you need to ask, not sufficient procedural safeguards anyway it's not it's not okay they broke it but do they have sufficient procedural safeguards to make sure that it's going to be okay well i don't know no that's not the answer you're they broke it they they broke the amendment this is against the constitution however despite spending millions of dollars that's not in here but probably (laughs) she said twitter this is what cracks me up this is what cracks me up about government like you know, they research themselves and they find these loopholes, but because you didn't explicitly state it, she said Twitter didn't raise that issue directly in its suit. It's saying, hey, the government's wrong. Because they we, didn't sue on that specific yes. grounds, then it didn't work. So she reached no definitive conclusion on that point. It's like, I don't know. I mean, I guess you have to be tried for specific crimes, but if you're like, I don't know. Like say, say, um, I don't know. I don't have a good analogy. This is not a being tried for specific crimes thing though. I mean, this is a guilty until proven innocent kind of world that you're living in here. You know, this is not them trying to, uh, uh, pursue a crime against Twitter or Twitter trying to, you know, Twitter was trying to sue so they could release. And what she's basically saying, she's giving them like a backhanded answer. Like, no, you can't do this, but there's nothing saying that you can't do this. You know, that's pretty much what she's saying in right. the rule. There's nothing saying you can't release the aggregate amount of FISA warrants that were pulled between this and this time. You just can't release the specific one. And so that's what she's saying. Right. You can't do the specific one. And, uh, you know, this is just it's ridiculous, man. Well, oh, there's one more paragraph. My bad. Yeah, instead of allowing them to do it, you know, she just she doesn't want to sign her name to it. Yeah, that's it. She's like, hey, sue us again. <laughs> yeah. Say this, but, say but this next do time. Do this directly. You need better <laughs> lawyers, Twitter. That's yeah. what we're saying, because I'm one of the best. That's why I'm a judge now. <laughs> Judges are just lawyers, by the way. Anyway, despite her misgivings about some of the government's legal positions, <laughs> Rogers said she accepted the claims of the three current or former FBI officials, Michael Steinbach, Michael McGarity, there's two Michaels there, and Jay Tab, that 
Disclosure of the data. Just pay attention to this right here. This is how the government gets away with stuff. Oh, we'll just make it part of national security. Oh, it's national. I can't tell you. National security. National can't tell security. you. Sorry. Lips are sealed. There's only a few thousand people that know about this. <laughs> that disclosure of the data Twitter wanted to release would cause, quote, grave or imminent harm to U.S. national security. Of course. Of course it will. Yeah. Everything will. Because any other crime, you would never, ever, they would never let you know that they were executing some type of a search warrant on you whatsoever. You'd never know. And if you ever knew that someone was executing the warrant on you, well, then that would cause a problem with security overall. They never walk in and say, hey, here's a warrant. That would cause it's got your name on it. It would cause grave or imminent harm to the local police department, man. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But that's not how our Constitution is laid out. You have to have a specific warrant naming specific things and you can't be deprived of life, liberty or property without the due process of law, which the due process of law is you have to be suspected of committing a crime. And then they have to basically subpoena you and tell you, Hey, we think you did this and we can prove it. And then you say, prove it. I plead the fifth. <laughs> I plead the fifth. All One, right. two, three, four, fifth. <laughs> <laughs> but there anyway so many numbers okay <laughs> in the constitution <laughs> man one, take me back to the good old days oh, of Chappelle dave Chappelle show, show. one two three four five. <laughs> all right anyway i do get heated about this stuff yeah. because it's um the government will take power any way it can and, and one thing i get upset about um especially because I'm a nerd when it comes to law stuff. Um, I've been a part of a few lawsuits. I have. <laughs> Which side? <laughs> I've never lost. But it doesn't matter. I've never lost. Uh, um, I do enjoy reading uh, opinions and dissents, and I'm I'm just weird like that. Like I had an issue one time. I was renting a house. I don't know if I've told the story or not. But what happened was was my heat went out in the house, and it was uh, like five o'clock on a Friday, and the the maintenance line was supposed to be open till nine p.m. Well, I couldn't get a hold of anybody. Um, and they sent me to like their corporate office in Arizona. And they were like, sorry, the maintenance department is closed. You I'm had like, to go all the way to Arizona to figure out the maintenance office was closed? Through the phone line. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, through the phone line. Okay. And they said, well, I was like, well, transfer me over to the emergency because my heat's out. I have, at the time, I had a six-month-old baby. I was like, I have a six-month-old. My heat is not working and it's 20 degrees outside. And it's 50 in my house, about to get colder. So transfer me over to, to emergency. She's like, I am so sorry. Our maintenance people are at a conference or something like that. I was like, okay, great. So I try to call the manage my property manager. All the maintenance people <laughs> were at conferences. Yeah, something like that. Big maintenance conference. I tried to contact my property manager. <laughs> and lo and behold, no, I can't get a hold of her either. And so what did I do? I looked up what my options were. Well, luckily for me, the, the Tennessee uh, code and the law for what tenants rights are, it just spells it out there in plain English. Like, Hey, you can get your heat fixed. You can go stay at a hotel and they have to reimburse you for that. Um, or you can just wait and they can deduct the rent that you had to live without that heat. And so uh, the first night I called somebody to come and fix it. They fixed it. It was like five or 600 bucks. I paid them kept the receipt and I was going to get them to reimburse me for that. Uh, then the next day it broke again. 
So I called them back. They finally were like, hey, we can schedule somebody, but they can't come until Monday. And it was Saturday. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go stay in a hotel. They tried to tell me that I couldn't stay in a hotel for more than $100 whenever the law specifically states that I can stay in a hotel that's comparable to my current living conditions. So I went and stayed in a hotel that was like $120 a night um, because I had a nice house at this time. I was renting a, a pretty nice house. And um, so I did all that. And anyway, it ended up being like over $1,000 for this whole weekend. And they weren't going to reimburse me for any of it. They're like, nope, we're not reimbursing you. I'm like, okay. Also in this law, if they don't reimburse you, you can short them rent. So that's what I did. Well, then they sued me because I shorted them rent. Yeah. And not only did we win, but I also got my friend who's my lawyer. Um, I, I got him uh, some lawyer's fees on nice. top of it. It was it was unbelievable. It's good to have a friend that is a defense attorney. It is. It's always good. It is. But I also enjoy reading this kind of stuff and figuring it out because there, I did have to send like a written notice. And so I emailed the property manager what was happening uh, because their lawyer tried to say, well, we didn't receive written notice. I'm like, haha, you did. And my buddy's like, man, you sure do cross your eyes and dot your T's and and eyes. And I said, yes, sir. <laughs> that guy's the smartest redneck I know, man. But no, I, I, I say all of that to say that whole long story uh, that actually happened to me because you should take personal responsibility. You should dive into some of this law stuff like, like a nerd. And what angers me a lot about this particular situation that happens all of the time is that you're not allowed to practice law. Like it doesn't matter how many, how much law I study. Nate could never hire me as his, as his lawyer. I, even if I offered the best advice, he could never offer me because I didn't pass a bar exam that was constructed by the government <laughs> to get a government license to practice law in a government court. Somehow the SEC would block <laughs> you from being able to do that, I'm sure. Yeah, the SEC would step in <laughs> somehow too. Well, you can't trade your license <clears throat> at that rate, sir. And so um, anytime the government checks itself, you run into these types of problems. And that's exactly what happened here. The government found no wrongdoing with the government. And the government found that the government can stop Twitter from posting certain things. There you go. <laughs> That's what they found. They found themselves to be within their own laws. Yes. There you go. Imagine that. How about that? I never knew that. The, I never thought that would happen. Anyway. Never in a million years. Good Lord. I think he's got some exhaust out there. I don't know if y'all heard that on the podcast, but we're down here in Tennessee. That's a... That's a truck if I've ever heard one. That guy's done cut his Cadillac converter off of his truck for sure as he's driving <laughs> by. Okay, Amazon. You know, we're very positive about Amazon a lot, mainly because they're amazing. I, I, I love Amazon. I, I think everyone living during this pandemic, honestly, should be learning to love Amazon. I, I don't know how you wouldn't during this. What would we be doing how would our social distancing be working, our business closures be working, if not for the backstop of Amazon to be able to deliver us all kinds of crap that we need all the time, essential or non-essential, unless you're in France. So let's go over this Business Insider article because they've got some workers that are going to call in sick to protest the fact that they didn't get sick like some of their friends did, I think is, is all we have happening right here. But it's like uh what's that uh what's that one protest where you don't eat or something like that the the is not not an eat in but it's a uh, a sit in yeah i don't remember but like oh i'm protesting as uh, i'm not going to eat or something like that and it's like okay man go ahead and not eat have fun have, have fun with that have fun with that i mean amazon is short for workers right now they need to hire they said they're going to hire another 100,000 people there's 22 million people that have become unemployed 
I think they'll be fine. So this article right here, hundreds of Amazon warehouse workers are set to call in sick to protest its response to COVID-19. Its response from Business Insider right here. Hundreds of U.S. Amazon workers are set to protest Amazon's handling of the coronavirus crisis by calling in sick this week. More than 300 Amazon employees have pledged to not go to, into work starting Tuesday, according to worker rights group United for Respect. <laughs> Did they create that? Good Lord. <laughs> the figures were reported by The Guardian. United for Respect claims that there are confirmed COVID-19 cases at 130 U.S. warehouses. Business Insider has approached Amazon for confirmation on the number of warehouses impacted by COVID-19 cases. Oh, man, they have 130 warehouses that have been compromised by COVID-19. They're, they're terrible. They yeah. must be terrible. How many roads have been compromised by COVID-19? <laughs> How many roads have people that have COVID-19 on them all over the place right now, okay? Government. Okay, let's listen to this. So you can't, this come, quick. you can't come to work here. This warehouse has been compromised. <laughs> That's a good good voice. Previous <laughs> reports have estimated that around 74 facilities have been affected. I thought it was 130. Yeah, yeah this is weird. So previous reports have estimated 70 oh, oh. previous reports. Sorry. 74 facilities have been affected. Gotcha. The tech giant has come under fire after warehouse workers claim the tech giant was not doing enough for their tech giant protection tech giant. Workers have told Business Insider that Amazon's sick leave policy is confusing. And that there is not enough protective equipment or hand sanitizer available sometimes. <laughs> Sorry, hold on. There's a lot of people who aren't sick that are really upset about the fact that their sick leave policy is confusing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sick, but can I? I'm not sick. Can I take sick leave? <laughs> but I'm going to call in sick because your sick leave policy is confusing. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I'll There's, tell you what. Our sick leave policy is confusing. It's too. really confusing. <laughs> I never know when I when I have to come to work at all. There's not enough protective equipment or hand sanitizer available. Sometimes. What about sometimes. washing your hands? <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Amazon lost its first warehouse worker to COVID nineteen on March thirty first. Now the talk crudely for a minute out of seven hundred thousand workers, they lost their first worker on March thirty first. I mean, that's less than the amount of people that kill that get killed working at Amazon on, a, on any other normal basis. Yeah. So I, I feel like it's gotten safer to work at Amazon, tell you the truth. Well, of course, they asked, they, they put that in there on purpose to, to tug at your emotional heartstrings there to be like, don't be a savage. One one person died here. OK, so, yeah, we have a right to call in sick for not being sick. How many of Amazon's workers do you think have died from all sorts of other illnesses over the last several years? It's not COVID-19, though. But it wasn't COVID-19. Yes. Yeah, that's the problem. None of them ever died from the flu or from cancer or from any type of diseases that go around and kill people. Car wreck on the way to work or anything None like that. None of them that. ever died on the mm. way to work. Nothing like that. No one person has died from COVID-19 and they died on March 31st. Now that's bad. We're against death. We have a strong policy against death, life, liberty, the pursuit of meaning, and no death is our main tagline here at the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. Because, because life is opposite of death. And life is the first word in the tagline. Yeah. So that's anti-death. Right. You should, we should take that. CEO Jeff Bezos has mooted the idea of mass testing all Amazon staff for coronavirus claiming a next step in protecting their employees might be regular testing of all Amazonians in a letter to show. He mooted the idea of mass testing all Amazon staff by claiming that the next step to protect their employees would be regular testing for all Amazon employees. Weird. Huh. I That's, don't know. It, 
Anyway, okay. That sounds. I'm trying to figure out where that makes sense real quick, but I'm ha- I'm coming up short. That sounds contradictory. Yeah, contradictorily, he said that they might be, uh, they they might be testing all of their employees. Okay, so <coughs> who wrote this? I'm not sure. This Just is from Business Insider. The most important word I saw was tech giant, tech giant, big tech, tech giant, tech giant. So that's the important part that you have to take is tech giant. Is bad. I thought Amazon was a retail giant. Mm, tech. They're tech now, <laughs> not retail. They're a tech giant. That's the, that's the important part to remember. Get your hatred pointed in the right direction, everyone. And right now it needs to be towards uh, one of the only people who's still supplying you with all the products that you use on a daily basis. You know, the problem here, a couple things. I think Amazon should do everything they can to make sure that their workers are safe. If the workers, you know, if they need masks or they need hand sanitizer, I hope that they will come up with all of those things. Unfortunately, Amazon blocked the sale of hand sanitizer that was above market price, even though the market is dictated by what people pay for things. So here's Amazon blocking people from being able to buy hand sanitizer that's available for $10 a bottle instead of $3 a bottle. So don't get that, but then they're not able to also have hand sanitizer available for everyone. So that's better, by the way. That's better to block free market pricing. That way people just don't have things. That's right. that's what you want to do. At least they didn't overpay for it. At they least, don't have it, but yeah, at, at least, least they, they weren't price gouged. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the important part. I think they should do whatever they can to make everyone as safe as possible. Well, look, and it's in <laughs> Amazon's best interest. If all their workers die, who's going to do the work? Yeah. Like, how do you think packages are going to be shipped if everybody develops... Uh, you know, pneumonia in their lungs from coronavirus, and and then they all end up dying. Yeah, like it's in the it's in the Amazon's best interest to protect them as best as possible. Literally, if if a virus gets into their workers, that's terrible. And if a virus gets into their robotic workers, that's terrible. Either way, you don't want any viruses. Amazon's antivirus, I guarantee you. Yeah, they do not want that whatsoever. They do upgrade packages all the time. I bet. And what I, to what I was going to say things. about this. The you know the crazy part about this is that it's just never enough. It's never enough. Anything that you do towards any of the goals that these people have, it's never enough. I heard Thomas Sowell say one time, he asked a union boss what unions wanted. And the response was more. That's what the response was. And it's always more. Whatever, always. whatever it is, what do you want? More. Whatever it is. And so they want their $15 an hour. They were $13 an hour. They were over 15 if you included the stock benefits and, and all the other benefits. They got the $15 an hour. Well, then they raised pay, base pay to $17 an hour during this and plus time and a half or double time pay for people working overtime if they if they are going to do that. And they're hiring 100,000 more people. What do we want? More. We want more than that. There's not enough hand sanitizer, you evil, evil capitalist. And so now we have to call in sick at a time when actual sick people need to call in sick to the business because they're sick and they need to call in sick. And you're going to call in sick, even though you're not sick and make some other people have to work or probably just end up losing your job, which is what might end up happening here. They could just end up losing their jobs. I hope so. I, I do too. And, and Sincerely hope they just get a good old fashioned wake up boot call because you know what the workers are doing the amazon right now you know what it's called price gouging yeah <laughs> that's what they're doing yeah amazon's in a place where they need as many workers as they can possibly get and those workers are saying hmm you know what i could get more 
it, I could get more right now than what I would normally be able to get in a normal economy. I bet I could get more. They're price gouging Amazon. That's really all they're doing. Workers can price gouge people too, by the way. I've been doing that to Charlie for years. Okay. <laughs> Workers can price gouge their employee their employers. If well, everything the in life is everything enough. in life is a constant negotiation. Yeah. You know, there's there's a uh, a certain price that you have in mind that you would like to get paid. And there's a certain price that Amazon has in mind that they would like to pay you. And Sam says, Amazon is evil. Profits, spelled like uh, the Bible time profits. Yeah. <laughs> profits over people. <laughs> Pharisees and Sadducees over the regular Gentiles. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you know, your relationship with your wife or your husband or your girlfriend or anything, that's a negotiation. Your relationship with your family, it's all a negotiation. You are in a constant state of negotiation. And anytime that you, um, you want more sick leave, you want better benefits, you want to paid more, you want stock, you want all of that. More hand sanitizer. Right. What you're doing is your labor is a commodity. You're competing in the labor market. And if somebody's willing to come in and say, Hey, I'll do your job for $16 an hour. And, and, uh, I only need a week of sick leave because I don't ever call in. And who do you think Amazon's going to hire? Like I do just as good as work as, as Billy over here. Who do you think they're going to hire? It's a, it's a constant state of negotiation. Now, look, you might say, well, this is a problem of capitalism. No, this is a problem in any system you can think of. We talked extensively yesterday. We took a deep dive on some stuff. Um, you know, inequality and, and the whole Pareto distribution, all of that, it exists outside of any culture or society that's been constructed. It exists as, as part of the universe. And so you're in a, you are in regardless of whether it's a free market system or a communist system or whatever, um, as Jordan Peterson would call it, you're in an, in a hierarchy you are, and you're competing for that next level every single time. And you have to be better and more prepared and everything like that. To, if you want to reach to the top, you know, you and I were watching this video about, you know, Elon Musk and, and Gary Vaynerchuk and some of the, the powerful people that, um, power, I say powerful people wrong. That's the wrong word. Some of the leading CEOs and, and entrepreneurs and business founders in, in our country right now. And one thing they all had in common, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. One thing they all have in common. What is that, Nate? Uh, they, they worked really hard. They work all the yeah. time, all the time. Jeff Bezos was stuffing books in, boss, in boxes at two o'clock in the morning on his knees in his garage when his friend, when he was like, hey, we, I think we should get, you know, knee pads that would help our knees. <laughs> and his friend, his friend was like, why don't we just get a table? <laughs> <laughs> and and but he was stuffing his own, back, uh, own boxes. You know, the CEO of Walmart used to stock shelves when he was a, a kid. Uh, you know, Gary. CEO of Publix used to bag groceries at yeah. Publix. You, you look at all of these people, Elon Musk, you know, he said when him and his brother started the first company, I believe, which is PayPal, right? Is that the first thing they started? I think so. They, they lived in a small office that they rented. They lived in the office and they had one computer and the website would be up during the day. And at night, he, Elon Musk would spend all night coding seven days a week, every single night. And, you know, he, he, he this is funny to me because he mentioned a story about having a girlfriend at the time. And he was like, um, you know, he told her like, Hey, if you want to, you know, if you want to spend time with me, you're going to have to, you know, stay here with me and the, you're going to have to sleep with me here in the, in the office, this yeah. little tiny office space. And it's, so it's like that's, if you want to get ahead in life, if you want to be like Jeff Bezos, 
if you want to be like Bill Gates or Elon Musk or those people, um, then you the, the one thing that you have control over is how hard you, are you going to work for it? How much time are you going to put in? I, I have to tell myself this sometimes. You know, you look in the mirror and you give yourself a good old once over. And I'm not talking about out, outward appearance. I'm inward. <laughs> and you're like, hey, what the hell are you going to do today? Are you going to do enough? And you, you keep increasing that every single day and you put in more time and more work and you learn new things and you keep working, you keep working. The people who succeed are the ones that never give up. What, what else did Elon Musk say in that video? We should probably play it. We but, should play it sometime. But I'm, he said that uh, he thought that Tesla would fail, but it didn't matter because it was so important to him. Yeah. And then he thought that splitting the money between Tesla and SpaceX would make both companies fail. But he did it anyway because he believed in both of them. It's like, and he's like, the reason why is because I would never give up. I'm never going to give up. I mean, there's that video very, I mean, it, I, I I get emotional watching it when it was Dateline or 2020 or, or 60 Minutes or something like that was interviewing him. And uh, they were telling him, these guys have came out, the big NASA astronauts, your Neil Armstrongs and, and all the big people who Elon Musk looked up to, came out and said that he they didn't think that Musk should be doing this. They didn't think we should have private people uh, trying to go into space. And Musk was was tearing up and nearly crying on the interview, talking about- He had a tear roll down he, his, he did, uh, his he was cheek, like, He was moving around his face, you know, trying to not start crying and all that because he was so disappointed. He said, I wish, you know, I, I wish that they would come to our offices and look at what we were doing. I think that they would change their mind. He was, he was sad that they were saying that. I'm doing the same thing, by the way. We do the same thing. I mean, yesterday I was telling Charlie after we recorded the podcast yesterday, yesterday and I did the same thing with trading when I was learning how to trade. Um, yesterday when I went home, we're working on the new website. I got home around 4 p.m. from leaving here or 2.33, something like that. And I literally got my laptop and I was on my laptop until 11 p.m. last night working on the website. And then when I went to bed, I got my phone out and I was making graphics and scheduling posts and doing stuff like that. Literally every hour that I'm awake, I get up voluntarily at 5.30 a.m. and I start recording videos for the trading class at mastermytrades.com. I start recording videos. I start analyzing the stock market. I start scheduling posts. I get up voluntarily at 5.30 a.m. because I want to use the most time possible. And I'm normally up until about midnight working on everything. And I've been doing that for years and years. I used to stay up until about 3 a.m. And then I would get up at about six or seven every single day. And I realized, you know what? You should probably try and get four or five hours of sleep, something like that. Maybe you'll feel better every single day. Maybe you'll be able to work more efficiently during the day. So I would recommend a minimum of four hours of sleep to everyone. That's what I would recommend. When I was doing trading, I, every single day, you should see the crazy spreadsheets I have. I tested every minute of the market on probably a hundred different stocks. I tested every minute of the market all the way back to 2008. And I came up with a strategy and I said, what if I traded this strategy uh, every single day since 2008? What would it come up with? Is this strategy good? And I would perfect it over time. And I would spend every morning, 5.30, 6 a.m. until I fell asleep at night at my computer all the time trying to work. People have this idea that if you make it and you're successful that you you don't work or you don't do anything or you didn't do anything to get there. And maybe a few very, 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 very small amount of people who inherited their wealth and didn't blow it all. Maybe a very small percentage of them or maybe they got lucky in some kind of way. That's almost no one did that. Almost no one. 
did that. The, the other people that you know about spend every minute that they're awake working on their businesses. That includes Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and Bill Gates and and Steve Jobs and all these people that you know about when well, you watch movies about them and, and everything what what did you notice they worked all the time they had trouble in their relationships because they would never stop working ever all their time was spent working that's always like the basis of all the movies you watch the Steve Jobs movies he's throwing away all the relationships he has he's never doing anything with anyone other than working on his businesses and somehow our society still comes out with the idea that if you You've made something of yourself that you didn't work to get there. And you always that's crazy. I don't know what this has to do with hand sanitizer <clears throat> at Amazon, but you say, this is important. Must be nice. Must be nice. Must be nice to be yeah. you, man. Must be nice. Just had everything handed to you. You got you know, all the government. Con you're getting subsidized <laughs> yeah. by the taxpayers because you're not paying any taxes and all that. I mean- you just got it good. You're so, if you they got don't it good. if they don't take money from you, then that's you getting subsidized. Right. Somehow because the basis is negative twenty five. By the way, that's what we've ended up at. The basis is negative twenty five, and if you're above that, then you've been subsidized. Right. So that, somehow, <clears throat> somehow, I've got two more things to say about this. One is that when it comes to Amazon and what Jeff Bezos did, what all these people did is they worked they worked literally until you can't work anymore. It was a constant nonstop. And the, the, the other thing they did was they never gave up. And that's one thing Nate and I have even had conversations. Um, sometimes as we were, as we were building this business and of course we're, we're not, we're not Amazon yet. Uh, Amazon's too small for us. Anyway, we got bigger dreams than that, but you know, as we're, as this whole thing is growing, there were points where we were like, man, is this like, is it ever going to happen? And the one thing we both decided is like, we're never giving up. It's not, it's giving up. Isn't an option. No, we may fail, but giving up is never an option. You don't it's, fail until you give up by the way. <clears throat> That's when you, you may fail. have some failures along the road, let's yeah. say, Yeah. but, but you have to be willing to put in the work and never give up ever. And the other thing I'd like to say, I text Nate this earlier today. You know, I think these workers are upset because Amazon's making record profits with this coronavirus thing. They're shipping out all kinds of stuff. People are shopping from home. They're probably doing pretty well. They're trying to hire 100,000 people and they're like, well, we're just mad at them and they want to share in all the profits. I texted Nate earlier today and I'm like, you know, oil closed yesterday at like negative $34 a barrel. They're paying you to take barrels of oil off of them. They're paying you to do it. Okay. Somebody, they had said it could never happen. And then it happened. They literally negative. And I'm like, how many people are lining up to share in the losses? You know, how many people are mad at Exxon Mobil and all of these massive companies for their record profits they were making? And now all of a sudden they're making record losses. Who's lining up to share in those losses? You want to line up to share in the profits, but no one, no one's lining up right now to share in the losses of oil. None of those, all. none of those workers who work for all the businesses who have been shut down and they're, and they're going to end up closing are clamoring for the ownership equity share of those businesses right now. They're all migrating to the ones that are making profits. What about all the other businesses that are failing, that are losing tons of money? No one wants to share that. And let's be straight up honest, Charlie, of all the stocks that we picked several weeks ago, all of them did really well, except for one oil stock did terribly in which you are down 50% on at least. 
Me? Now all the other no, ones. No, actually, I'm down more than that on this one. Okay. All the other ah, ones 66%. went really well. And you were texting me and you said, oh, I wonder who wants to share this loss with me. Because I guarantee if that one stock, you know, all the other ones went up, if that one stock went up 600% like what you were looking at on it, because oil's so cheap, if that one stock went up 600%, all kinds of people are going to be saying, must be nice. Where's my piece of that? How'd you get so lucky? How'd you get so lucky? I need a piece of that. We need to raise capital gains. This guy making all this money off of these stocks right here. Jeez. But when you're taking a 50% loss on something, who's lining up to give you money right now? No one. No one is. They're going to wait until you're in the profit on that. And then they're going to say that worker ownership of everything. They're going to say equal ownership of everything, Charlie. Not right now. Only until it's profitable and then equal ownership. And you owe. And then you owe me because you made money off of this. I don't owe you anything if you lose. You just owe me if you win. You it's built that off the backs yeah. of society. Heads you lose, tails I win. That's the uh, that's the mantra. Look, Sam Elliott coming in here with dime pieces, by the way. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna repeat these little quotes he said here. By the way, if you want to do that, you want to interact with us live, you can do that. Patreon.com slash good morning liberty. We just got a new a new one the other day. Nice to interact with you guys. Nice to watch with you guys live and laugh and joke. Lots of laughter emojis in here. Because yeah. Gardon, we're funny, man. He says, Sam Elliott says, the same progressives that tell a successful entrepreneur you didn't build that would never tell a welfare recipient you didn't earn that. <laughs> I think I'm going to take that and put that That's, on a quote and post it in the Facebook. Put that on a shirt, yeah. t- a t-shirt. That's or good. V-necks. I'm saving that right there, Sam. I'll put dash Sam if you want me to put that at the end of it. I don't know if you want your whole name, but let me know. I'm going to post that. That's Don't worry. We'll give you 1.8%. We'll give you a, we'll give you a cut of the losses. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. That's totally fine. How much do you want to invest? <laughs> Charlie, <laughs> tell me about immigration real quick. We'll round this guy out. Good Lord. Have we hit 45 minutes already? Because we are I just feel like we that just started. Good. Just started. Yeah. So, uh, of course, as everyone knows, our uh, endearing, loving president is just a xenophobic. He's... <laughs> He hates other people uh, from other countries. That's exactly his mantra. That's his MO. So, of course, amid a pandemic, Trump announced last night that he plans to halt nearly all legal immigration into the United States because he already tried to halt illegal immigration. So we just need to halt legal immigration right now. Uh, This is coming from Slate.com. Pretty slanted. Very, very Very, right-leaning news organization. (laughs) Very progressive. So, the coronavirus has led to the U.S., has led the U.S. to a dark place of national reckoning. On Monday, it's like... (laughs) Businesses are closing everywhere and everyone's losing money on their (laughs) investments, right? That's what's happened. On Monday evening, President Donald Trump announced his intention to further dim what remains of American life from just two months ago by suspending nearly all legal immigration into the country. Quote, in light of the attack from the invisible enemy, as Trump calls it, it's it's a war, as well as the need to protect the jobs of our great American citizens, I will be signing an executive order to temporarily suspend immigration into the United States. Trump tweeted. This move has been made under the guise of a pandemic. It's it's a guise now. <laughs> now this whole pandemic now. is a guise. <laughs> I just almost skipped over that. But this move is being made under the guise of a pandemic. 
in an effort to protect American workers, many millions of whom now find themselves now, out I, of work. No, I can't let that line go yet. Now, if they're talking about putting minimum wage in their in their big uh, stimulus packages, or they're putting all types of uh, environmental regulations and all sorts of increased welfare, and I said in an article, this move is being made under the guise of a pandemic. Slate would be like, oh no, no, you got to do this. You have to do this. We're in a pandemic and people are suffering. This you got to do people. this. No, but now you do this. And it's just a move under the guise of a pandemic. This is amazing. <laughs> and an effort to protect American workers, many millions of whom now find themselves out of work. But it's hard not to see something deeper and darker in the America first president's motives. It's hard not to read this as an opportunist, uh, as an opportunist seizing an opportunity. Of course, that's why he's doing it. You know, we read the timeline to you guys about this whole coronavirus thing, and Trump was actually dead on. He was dead on in his claims that the media called him xenophobic and outright dumb to cut off travel to China and that um, you know Chinese people couldn't come over here. He cut off all flights and all that stuff. Of course, stuff. he was xenophobic for doing that. That's what I'm saying. They yeah. all called him xenophobic for doing that. This was the time when Fauci said, oh, it's not, it's not a big deal in the United States. It's not going to be a big deal here. All of this stuff. And Trump did it anyway. And then he got lambasted for that. And then a week later, they turn around and said, well, you didn't do stuff fast enough. But apparently doing this, it's just under the guise of a pandemic. Anyway, continuing on from this wonderful article from Slate. Thank you. Immigration has already been largely paused due to the outbreak. And so paused, what's the difference? Paused is a different word. That's what's, what it is. How is that different? Immigration has been paused. They, they didn't say it's been largely suspended due to temporarily. the outbreak. Suspended temporarily. No, this is, has it's been largely paused, which is okay. What's the difference? I don't know. I don't know. I'm going Ugh. to largely pause my payments to my mortgage lender and just see how that goes. I'm not going to temporarily suspend them. No. I'm going to say, pause oh, them. Mr. Bank teller, I largely paused my payments to you. What do you. I didn't stop paying. Didn't stop paying you. It's not like I temporarily suspended anything. <laughs> I just largely paused. Come on. That's, that's, I don't know why <laughs> you won't accept that. In a practical sense, I don't understand how people do all these mental gymnastics and then sleep at night. I know. Like, how do you sleep at night? Well, they're so tired from the gymnastics. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. Dude, maybe we could go to bed at a better time <clears throat> if we did this. And then the fact that people buy this shit, this is ridiculous. All right. Americans. Oh, sorry. Let me finish this. Immigration has already been largely paused or temporarily suspended, depending on your take on things. Depending on your political leanings due to the outbreak in a practical sense it's easy to understand why That's, <laughs> this is it this is the easiest thing you can understand in a practical sense i'm gonna have a heart attack <laughs> on this episode Amer so difficult. americans have been hunkered down at home over the past six weeks suddenly halting a wide range of daily life functionally speaking it's hard to travel at the moment and most offices are closed including those tasked with handling immigration. It seems understandable then that, as CNN reports, immigration services have been curtailed. Curtailed? Curtailed. Oh, they've, they've just been curtailed. Not temporarily suspended or paused now. Curtailed. Yeah. 
Visa offices are generally closed. Refugee resettlement has been suspended and new citizenship ceremonies halted for the time being. Well, imagine that. So, but this is just an opportunist seizing an opportunity. That's what it is. That's all it is. And, and the headline, they, they know nobody's going to read this. They just want the headline out there. Trump plans to halt nearly all legal immigration to the U.S. Oh, he's bad. Bad president. Trump, bad, bad Trump. Yeah. That's all they want. Now, no one's going to read this crap. That's why we read it to you. Just so you know, I'm both like, I see uh, an argument on both sides of this. And I wanted to say, what here's the problem. Here's the problem. Here's the hypocrisy side of both the left and the right when it comes to this. If you're on the left, you don't think anyone should even leave their houses. You barely even want them to go to the grocery store. In fact, I've seen stories on places like even like Slate saying that we shouldn't even allow people to go in the grocery stores right now. We should have the armed National Guard out. You should have the National Guard outside each person's house with, with, a, a, with, an, with a non-assault rifle. And they should be outside of everyone's house making sure they don't leave. We can't go to work. 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 No, we can't go to work. It's not safe. There's no way. We can't go anywhere at all. There's no way people are dying from a virus. We can't go anywhere. It's not safe. And clearly, company sick leave policies are confusing. So if you're on the left. So you can't go to work. <laughs> I ain't supposed to go to work when their sick leave policy is confusing. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. So... We've got this idea from the left where you don't do anything. You're going to die. Don't do anything ever at all, ever leave your house. But it's insane to think that we should shut down the immigration offices and not have any legal immigration whatsoever. This is crazy. This is just being done under the guise of a pandemic. This is crazy. This is just an opportunist taking advantage of a situation. And then here's the other problem if you're on the right. Well, you're arguing that this is just a big overblown thing that people shouldn't be as worried about, that we should be opening businesses and getting back to normal life and everything should be fine and the economy is going to roar back. And you're saying, well, this is way too dangerous to have immigration. There's no way we can have immigration and the offices obviously have to be closed. There's no way we can have the offices open and we can't have people coming into the country because there's a virus going on right now. There's no way we can do this. But it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Open up the businesses so, just for Americans. So it's like, I don't, I don't know where to come down on this other than, yes, Trump is probably being an opportunist. I actually think that this is a political move to try and reopen the economy because he's going to tie immigration to reopening the economy. And that way, if you want immigration reopened, that means you also have to be wanting to reopen the economy. And I think that that is what he is doing right now. And not to mention the fact that this generally lines up with his policy anyway. That's not exactly crazy pro-immigrant presidency. He's a lot overall. smart. He's a lot smarter than his Twitter yeah. suggests. So, yeah. by the way, I know. So, I think this is a political move to have leverage for reopening the entire economy. That's what I think is happening. I do think that this is a political opportunist from someone who is saying that we should reopen the economy while also saying that we should close down this major thing for safety. So, yeah, I see that part. And then I also see the insane hypocrisy of people on the left saying, well, the, the immigration is no big deal with immigration. What are you guys worried about? No problem. Keep the visa offices open. Keep the rooms. Those are, those are essential workers. Keep the rooms packed full of people that are trying to come across the border. What are you talking about? There's no problem. And, man, I don't know how to even construct sentences when it comes to things being this incoherent because I feel like there's no point. I feel like there's no point. You guys get it. You guys get how insane this is. This is the world that we're in right now. Being libertarians, 
we're pretty open immigration, pretty open. Charlie's more open than I am. I'm very open. I do think that there need, I do think that there is a room for there to be an actual border that is defined. I do think that that can be a thing. Charlie's well, you more, know, status is going to, status going to state, I man. I know. So <laughs> that, that doesn't mean I wouldn't completely relax all of the immigration laws that we have, which I, which I would. Um, but you know, we're generally open immigration, so I don't like that we're shutting off immigration. Are you, I, I don't like that part. Are you saying we can get on this real quick? Because I want to reopen the economy and I want things to get back to normal. I, and so therefore, I can't like the fact that we're going to shut down immigration at this juncture right now in April. You know, why wasn't that done two months ago? I just want the people to have something to ponder while this political <laughs> move is happening. Nate, would you say that believing in life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning, that a United States citizen owns themselves, would you say that a, a Mexican citizen does not own themselves? Oh, I do. I think, well, are they, I, I, are they sovereign individuals that own themselves? Yeah, I don't care what uh, country they, the, the, the U.S. Constitution does not say that only American citizens own themselves. It says that human beings own themselves, and, and that's it. And it says that inside of the United States borders, we will take it upon ourselves to make sure that no one takes those liberties away from you. And I feel like I can't, I have to have a defined border, or my border ends up being some town in Iraq eventually trying to make sure that people aren't taking liberty away from people. So I, yes, I, I do, I do say that the United States has a border where they protect the rights they say they're going to protect. And therefore I cannot say that there is no border because then that to me gets me flying over Syria sometime. I'm and not, so I just can't do it. I, I will say that I'm, I, I'm not saying there shouldn't be a border. I, I think you, I think countries are sovereign. Um, and, and I, I do, I'm not a full anarchist. Like I think as Thomas Jefferson said, governments are a necessary evil. Unfortunately, we do have to have very limited few things that, uh, like the collective, let's say, uh, should do as far as protection and different things like that. Maurice, just read yeah. Maurice's comment. I'm sorry, man. Maurice said they took our jobs. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happened to all the jobs. That's yeah, that's why 22 million Americans are out of work. <laughs> Immigrants. <laughs> Immigrants. It's the legal ones, too. Yeah. Not just the illegal ones now. Yep. yep. It's the legal ones. <laughs> but anyway, to, you know, just to wrap up my point real quick, because I know we don't want to go off on this tangent, but I'm not saying you can't have a border. However, what gives me any more right to life than someone born somewhere else that doesn't, they're not afforded those. They're not lucky enough to be are they still created in the image of god yeah i think all human beings are okay yeah that's, that's all i, I wanted to get out just you guys think about that for a second just ponder that and you're you know during this pandemic there's nothing else to do think about it my my uh my thoughts are always on it and listen my idea of a border check is is maybe uh maybe you check and make sure that the person isn't wanted for murder in mexico before they come across i think there's value in that potentially if they're wanted for murder from a country and they they're and then they come into this country, well, I think there's a I think there's a cause for that. When it comes to the jobs and the work and stuff like that, I'm free market. I don't want there to even be a minimum wage. I don't care if someone's going to come here and they want to work for seven dollars an hour, five dollars an hour. Great, I'm glad someone was able to get that work done for that cost. I'm I'm fine with that. So that's not where I come down on it. But I do think you know our country is formed and we. 
we uh, say that we're going to protect the people that are within our border. We're going to have a defensive military. We're going to protect everyone's rights. And I just, I do think that at some time you have to define a border for the country. So I can't, to me, I can't not have a border because I want a place where that defense has to stop at some point. And that's why I look at it in So both. that's why you support the fence, the wall, <laughs> defense. I think the- Defense, I think, fence, wall. De- defense, <laughs> defense, exactly. No, it's- <laughs> it's <laughs> This is ridiculous. Did you donate to that build the wall campaign? I no, bet you did. Didn't I don't you? think the wall is a good idea at all because I think it's completely pointless. I, I know I you think can do it got, so much better. Yeah, I think there's all kinds of other ways. I think the the problem with security and especially with the walls, it gives you a false sense of security. Oh, we put up a wall. Oh, we're good. We yeah. put up a wall. Look at that wall right there. We're good. And then you let down all of your other guards that you could have had. Not the not the guards for the walls, but your guards as a country, and you're not doing maybe sensors or you're not doing uh, things with satellites watching the border, all kinds of other better things that you could be doing if you're going to protect the border. You just say, oh, look, there's a wall. Chinese said that was good back in 200. And so they said that it, the walls were great. And so we have a wall and that means we're good. So I don't think the wall's a good idea. It's, it's going to fall over, uh, which which we've seen because it went to whoever paid the people who doled out the contracts, it, the, the contracts go to whoever paid the people who give out the contracts, like whoever paid them the most. And that's the company that comes in and builds it. And then the other issue, uh, they're going to dig under it. They're going to go around it. They're going to go on a boat into the ocean and go around the wall and come around the other side of it in some kind of way. Canada is a really big border, by the way. I don't know if you've seen it. Several miles. There's a lot of miles between us and Canada, no wall up there. Someone could sneak across and if they don't die in the frozen tundra of North Dakota, then they're going to be able to get into the country. So it's like, I just don't feel better with a wall, but I do think that we have to have a border of some, what well, you're just saying, you're, you're just saying simply that you believe in common sense background checks and that's it. <laughs> I believe that's, in common sense walls. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Common sense just walls. Common sense. I want a comprehensive wall. A comprehensive common sense. Yeah. You know yeah. policy. That's <laughs> exactly. It. That's all. I'll take a punch in the face, libertarian style, for right now. That's fine. Okay, I'll take it. I'm not saying. I listen. I'm not saying that I'm going to build a wall, and I'm not even. I don't agree with any of our border policies really at all. You know what step I, I would think take? It should take like an hour to get to get into the country. You know what I think? So, you know what I think is uh would be a step in the right direction, like a step towards liberty for me, dismantling the entire US government. Well, the bringing most of our troops home and just putting them next to the border. You want <laughs> troops mobilized within US borders? Close that to That is the- a in direct violation of posse comitatus. <laughs> Mr. President. No, it's not. It's in the Geneva Convention. Look it up. <laughs> okay, fine. Well, you want those socialists in were, Geneva deciding what we're going to be what doing? What if they That's were fine. On, just on the border? Yeah. On it? Literally, they're not a, a, on either side. They're, is it like their own border track that they stand up on so they're not actually on it you, you don't know? think that's a step in the right direction nate <laughs> no no i do come home protect our country hey i'm fine bring bring the troops home i'll take that step at any yeah. at any time for i wanted to i want a defensive you know let's let's prosecute crimes against against actual victims hey by the way i'm wearing my lions of liberty t-shirt that they sent that happened to be my size not charlie's 
and it says no victim, no crime, no victim, no time. So there, check out Felony Friday, Lines of Liberty. Go listen to their podcast and listen to the fact that, listen, y'all are felons. Every single one of you <laughs> is all, a felon. Yeah. Okay. So there, there you go. You committed go. some kind of crime. <laughs> I know it. I can just see it. Uh, <clears throat> Look, you know, um, speaking of borders, this has nothing to do with borders, but we got to round out the show <laughs> on the border for everyone <laughs> on the border. Pretty decent chips, by the way. Um, isn't that on the border? On the border chips. Yeah, yeah I have those, those things all the time. Great. I found out my favorite thing to make at home is uh, nachos. That's oh, what I make. Yeah. It's a pretty complicated recipe. <laughs> uh, you can't overheat the cheese. That's what I found. Yeah, don't overheat the cheese. Don't yeah. burn it. No. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Yeah, barbecue nachos if you want to. Yeah. You know, regular meat, uh, you know, cow nachos. You can have pig nachos, all kinds of different nachos. Not, nacho, so, nacho sandwich. Exactly. Nacho stew. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Fried nachos, baked nachos. You can broil it, deep fry it, saute it. That that's about it. That's about all you can do with nachos. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. But anyway, on another note, guys, if you have not, for those of you that are in our trading class at mastermytrades.com, uh, those of you who are getting the key information, uh, if you are not getting (laughs) Nate's pre-market, the pre-market that we do live every single morning you are going to want to jump in on that. I'm telling you, you need to join the class and be a part of it because going back through all the videos, which we post them afterwards, you're just not going to get them live in the pre-market. You'd have to wait. And then you might, I don't know, miss an opportunity. Not that we're going to tell you to take one, but you might miss an opportunity. But anyway, going back through all of those, um, you know, we so far have found one that didn't work. Ended up being two. Two. I I called it two. Uh, so I, I went back through the trades that we've been not telling people in any sort of investment advice, Mr. SEC listener. Uh, no one's let me know about a FISA warrant whatsoever, but uh, that doesn't mean there isn't one. Uh, not that we're giving anyone investment advice, but we have advised as far as trades that have happened since April 14th. I just was listening back and I wanted to write these things down just to make sure. Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 trades. Uh, 20 trades right here I wrote down on this nice piece of paper uh, from back to April 14th that actually happened that I called out in the pre-market. If this price happens, then do this on your own accord. Disclaimer on your own accord. I'm not saying to actually do this. I was talking to myself out loud with a camera in front of me. No problem. So out of the 20 trades that happened out of those, um, two of them did not work. Two of them have slash marks through them right here that did not work from the pre-market picks. All of the other ones worked. All now look, of the I'm other not ones. a. I'm no mathematician. Uh, I'm, no, I'm no math magician either. No. But... 18 out of 20 sounds a lot like 90%. It sounds like 90%. Yeah. Just back to the 14th. I'm going to keep going and keep going. That's not too shabby, which by the way, you don't have to try to pause the, and and look at that paper. If you're watching live, Um, all you have to do is go look at the videos because they're up there. If you're part of the class, you can go see them and they're there and you can just watch, go back and look at the charts. They're all there. They all happened before it happened. So it's not like, uh, you know, we're going back and, do anything nefarious with this. It literally happened in pre-market. And so go back and look at those. If you're part of the class, I know some of you guys in here live are part of the class. Those of you that are not involved yet, it's time. It is time 
to get involved. We just had like another. We got three more people. Five, five um, or six signups, I think. In the last uh, over two the days, it's been three. I know that. Okay. Starting the week, it's been three new people signed up. Over the weekend, yeah, I think it's around five uh, since the end of the last week. People are listening to uh, to us talk about it and they're grabbing the class while yeah. it's hot. You know, it's, it is hot. And, you know, <laughs> um, if you want to understand oil, you know, oil prices, what's happening there, mm-hmm. like look at the different charts. Uh, today, you know, one of the stocks that I have had a reversed split happen to it, um, which which is kind of unfortunate, um, but it happens sometimes. So if you want to know what a reverse split is, if you want to know what a split is, all these different types of things, you're going to learn all that mm-hmm. in the class. You will learn strategies that can help you be successful if you decide to trade on your own accord along similar lines, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah. Then uh, then then you too can uh can have fun trading that's all i'm gonna say you can have fun doing it and take that elon musk advice of never giving up and if some if you're doing something wrong figure out what you did wrong and realize that the amazing part about trading is that tomorrow you can wake up and start hitting the right buttons and have the right risk reward and pick the right trades and tomorrow you could start making an income to uh, that would be sufficient for the rest of your life i'm not saying that that's what you're going to do but the the I don't know. The possibilities are just endless when it comes to trading. And that's why no matter we take a loss, we take a win, we take a loss, whatever. Anytime that happens, the answer is don't give up. Keep doing, keep doing it. Do more. Don't do less. Keep studying. Keep learning. There's only, there's always more to learn and there's always more to learn from mistakes. If you do make mistakes and guess what? Um, I, I'm pretty, I, I'm pretty happy with the idea that I could be trading stocks for the rest of my life. I get up at 5.30 a.m. voluntarily so I can start looking at the stock market because I love it so much. So everyone should have a job like that. And guess what? A job that is like that is not easy. It's not easy to get to the point where you can make a living off of that, Some doing something like this. It, there's going to be bad parts. There's going to be good parts. And you have to have the right expectations. You have to look at yourself a year from now. Do this for any business, any idea that you have, by the way. Look at yourself a year from now and say, what do I want to be happening? What's that person doing every single day? And then say, oh, this is what the person's doing every single day. What do you think that version of Nate or that version of Charlie what do you think that person did to get to that point? What are the steps that they took in their life to get to that point? And are you doing what that person did to get to that point? Like Jordan Peterson would would say, does say, you got to have an aim. You know, the probability that you're just going to wander aimlessly or close your eyes and throw a dart at a at a dartboard and hit the target is is zero almost you have to have an aim you got to open your eyes and you got to look at the target and you got to throw it with me it doesn't help with darts whatsoever with charlie it does but you got to look at the target <laughs> and you have to aim for it and if you're not aiming for a specific target and taking all the steps that need to be taken to get there then the probability that you're going to make it to that point is almost zero but if you are aiming and you are taking those steps you got a lot higher chances of making it. it's not guaranteed Nothing's guaranteed, okay? If it was guaranteed you're going to make money trading, everyone would do it because it's so freaking fun. It's not guaranteed, but the probability of you doing this and you making money at it and you having a great life from it 
It's a lot higher if you set an aim, you set a goal, you set disciplines, and you follow those rules. That's what that successful person that you're envisioning did to get to that point. I promise you. So do those things. So okay. to start your journey on being free. To start your journey on being free. You do that by going mm -hmm. to mastermytrades.com. That's mastermytrades.com. Get signed up. Send us, you know, those forms. I was I was telling the people like in the in the pre-show. The forms love to be filled out and we have forms on there. So you can go on there, fill out forms and, you know, ask us questions. I'm getting some hate we, on my immigration policies. Yeah, yeah so you far. absolutely are. We're going to talk yeah, about this. I'm getting it. But, but anyway, um, <laughs> go, go to mastermytrades.com, get signed up and uh, learn something new. If you don't know anything about it, then worst case scenario, you're there for a month and you get some valuable information and then you can understand what actually happens in the market. So when your financial advisor says something, you'd be like, nah, that's dumb because I looked at the chart and that doesn't make any sense. Give me my money back. <laughs> how, <So. laughs> how, listen, you can be, you can be wrong eventually for sure. But one thing I will, uh, oh, what's, what would, what would your dad say? I'll toot my own horn about it. My calls on the overall market have been darn near flawless. And I'm sorry to boast like that. But good Lord, have they been darn near flawless. You're I talking called, about old DJ? I called the bottom of the market. I called the pivot point it was going to take. I called the turnaround, the reversal. I called the profit target that it was going to go to the and start selling, which was Dow 24,500, 25,000 and start selling off, which we saw today after the Dow hit 24,500 something yesterday. Literally each one of those things that ha has happened and that's just knowing how to analyze charts, support and resistance. It's no secret. It's not magic. Okay. It's just support and resistance. You ain't got that's a crystal ball or nothing. Ain't no it's crystal just, ball. It's just anal analyzing. Yeah. You're an analyzerist. Exactly. That's what I went to college for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. University anyway. of Phoenix alumni. <laughs> so <laughs> spread them no wings. No offense to anyone who went to, you know, I'm, yeah. Fe I'm Phoenix proud. Okay. <laughs> Just, we got those commercials all the time growing up. Okay. Phoenix proud. Anyway, that's mastermytrades.com. Also, as I mentioned, we do a live show. We got pre-show. We got post-show. We got all kinds of things happening. There's all kinds of perks and goodies, merch, discounts, advertisements. There's all kinds of cool things you can do. That's at patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. Get involved with what you believe in. Get involved with what you believe in. Put your money where your mouth is. We deliver you guys fantastic content every single day of the week when we want to. And you guys can help support that at patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. We would really appreciate it if you do that. And a couple of free ways if, um, you know, you might be affected by this pandemic going on, although you just got a stimulus check. So, Maybe. I mean... You know, my, my wife and I got screwed on ours because we just, we got married and we just started a new bank account. And so no direct deposit. Oh, so not till September. <laughs> so whenever that happens, yeah. I don't know when we'll officially get some type of a payment. But since we have a new bank account, no direct deposit because that account is gone. So yeah. that's too bad. So what we get for getting married. What we're saying is there's all kinds of benefits if you did get a stimulus. If you're not like Nate, I think Nate, it's probably because Nate's a statist. It's probably why they yeah. don't have their check yet. But yeah. if you are... A, I'm holding a, out for more. If you're a liberty-loving, uh, freedom-diving American out there and you're listening to this show if even if you're not we have listeners I was, worldwide I was sorry never good at diving sorry we have listeners worldwide i didn't mean to just confine people to the american box because i don't believe in borders so <laughs> all you people out in the world i only care about you, our american <laughs> listeners that's all you care about <laughs> that's it. if all you people around the world 
want to support us. Maybe hopefully your government gave you fake money too. I don't know. Send some of your fake money our way. We know what to do best with it. And do that by going to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty, all kinds of ways to support the show. Uh, the freeways is sharing the show with a friend. That would be really nice. If you did that, we would appreciate that very much. The numbers continue to go up, and that's all because y'all keep sharing with your communist uncles, and we get the hate mail. Well, that hate mail is raining in from those communist uncles. <laughs> so we know you guys are doing the thing, and we appreciate when you guys do the thing. So share the show, and if you would, take a few minutes of your pandemic time and leave us a rating and review. That would be also very nice of you because that helps more than you know. There's these things called, what are they? Algo, 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 yeah. algorithms. Algos. And what those things do somehow through sheer tearing of will in the background, they look at different stuff that you got. For us, it's a podcast. This is a technical explanation of what algorithms do. And what happens is, I actually actually do know the the technical (laughs) version. I'm just trying to give you the hillbilly version. But anyway, if you leave us a rating and review, then those algorithms will take that data information. They'll take those data points. And as they're suggesting things to people. They'll provide it to the FISA courts. (laughs) That's what they'll do with all those reviews Mm. that you leave. So anyway, dude, it, it really does help us. Leave us a rating and review. You don't have to understand algorithms to do that it's just do it because i'm telling you that's what you should do uh you can do that on itunes you can do it on facebook you can do it anywhere ratings and reviews if you guys do all of that and that's a long list that'll take you all of 18 minutes to complete listen back to figure out all the stuff you're supposed to do (laughs) yeah then we'll be back again here tomorrow if we want to i hope you guys have a good day and a good morning liberty all men and women created by the Go, you know the, you know the thing.